0: Good morning. It has been a wonderful Thanksgiving. It's good to be home again. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and it's important that we realize that the the prophet Micah prophesied that he would be born there. And at the time of Jesus' birth, there were sheep grazing in the fields and it's interesting that those sheep were belong to the high priest in the middle of these fields was a structure known as the tower of the flock and this tower was the watchtower that guarded the temple flock that was there and these animals were being raised for sacrifice and the priest trained the shepherds for a specific task to raise these sheep for to be unblemished for sacrifice and when they were birthed they would, they would bring them in they would hold them and bring them in and they would put them into a place in the tower in a hewn out rock that was, had hay in it and they would wrap the sheep, the newborn sheep in swaddling cloths and this swathing cloth would keep it from thrashing about so it would not bruise itself. Because if it, would bru- if it was bruised, it would, would not be appropriate for the sacrifice. Luke writes, Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. This is the flock that was being raised for sacrifice and behold an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid then the angel said to them do not be afraid for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be for all people for there is born to you this day in this city a savior who is Christ And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. Now it's interesting to me, I note this. About 30 years later, John the Baptist was the first person to introduce Jesus to his disciples and to the nation of Israel. And this is how he introduced him. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I'm thankful for Christmas.
1: you are good we choose to turn our focus and our attention to you right now and worship you with our hearts I thank you for being the perfect father For not um, not ever failing us for always being faithful for always being who you say you are for being true true to your word We love you today, Jesus. You are good. We declare that, Father. That is the truth in your word. We know it's true. Even when it doesn't seem like that, even when things around are happening that aren't good, you are a good Father. You don't have any issues. We worship you today.
2: This is my confidence. You never...
1: this I have a I'm keenly aware that many of us in here struggle with that maybe he doesn't seem good right now to you the line I have to admit um, when I first heard this song of course I loved it like everyone does and it would bring me to tears that you're never gonna let me down 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 but not because I was moved by the song it's because I felt like God had let me down I knew that couldn't be true I mean I'm a pastor's wife I'm supposed to get that that can't be right what's wrong with me why why do I feel that way and I'm aware that there might be other people in here who either feel that way now or have before struggled with that Um. wasn't prepared to be this honest so uh, to go with me here but I came I've come through a season recently where I was just discouraged about many things and I felt God had let me down about something I had prayed for that was within his will that was good and pleasing I prayed it in his name and it wasn't happening like I wanted it to And um, God has been ministering to me and showing me that he is good. His word is true, that I have to stop focusing on my pain and my stuff that I'm going through and focus on him. He is good. There's things that aren't good in this world. People do things that aren't good. But he is good and faithful. He is faithful to his word. And in his word, he didn't say bad things wouldn't happen to us. He said that if you confess your sins, I would be faithful and just to forgive you your sins. He said, if you believe in me for salvation, you have a home in heaven. He said, I will be with you wherever you go. I will never leave you or forsake you. These are the things he is faithful to do and has never let me down. Never, never, never. I was so mixed up with my pain that I had lost sight of that. I hope that encourages someone here today. Um, I feel like I can sing this song with a free heart now, and I get moved now because I'm—he's reminded me of the truth. So let's keep singing. I hope you'll join me.
3: 57 years ago he introduced me to my husband of 55 years this week (sighs) he's had to put up with an awful lot God too but it is a two way street and God keeps reminding me of that and he keeps forgiving me And I praise him and I thank him for giving me this loving man all those years ago.
4: hearts remaining in a, in a place of worship, I want to open up this space up here for prayer. If there's anyone that wants to just come and kneel, maybe you've got a particular burden that's on your heart. Maybe even what Sarah has shared this morning, There's there's been something going on in your life and you connected to her testimony in particular just been struggling with God's faithfulness because of it and just want to find yourself kneeling and in a place of real trust and surrender It's, it's open for prayer of course you can pray right from where you're seated of course that's true but there's something uniquely powerful about coming and just kneeling at a place that a public declaration it, it sort of just smacks the enemy right in the face. It's just it just deals him a a real blow. Making a statement to him that 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 he has no power in your life. He has no power in your circumstances. And that regardless of the results. Jesus is Lord. He, he is on the throne. He is God, sovereign. And uh, there's just something to it. So, again, these, it's open for you to move forward. I want to invite all of us into a, a place of, of dialogue. Jesus, we, we're honoring you today, we're honoring you with, with our lips through song, and you inhabit the praise of your people. Your presence is here today, you are moving in this place. We honor you with our lips, yes, but really what we want to do is honor you with our lives, with our whole selves. And for some of us today, that is meaning that, that, that we, we have to choose to praise you inside of the valley. Oh, it's easy to do so from the tops of the mountains. It's easy to do so when all is just well and, and life is just as it should be in our eyes and, and, and we're just enjoying the view of the world from the top of the mountain, but the reality is there's not much grass growing up there. There's not much opportunity for real deep work to happen. That yeah, happens down in the valleys when when times are toughest. When, when when, taking the next step maybe is not as sure. It's in those places where the, the grass is greenest. It's like it's in those seasons where you seem to do the deepest work in us where we really experience your faithfulness and your goodness at a whole different level. And it's inside of those places that we make the choice to praise you. We honor you today with our lips and with our lives, with the easy stuff and with the hard stuff. We declare our need for you We desperately need you. We move into a season where we celebrate your coming, Messiah. And we're told that you, the light of the world, came into the darkness. That is reality of of this world it has fallen yet you came and you brought light hope joy peace victory and even in the midst of a of a darkened world your light shines brightly on us in us and through us it is the miracle of what you have done it just continues to evidence itself day in and day out and so we honor you throughout this whole season you are our god and we are your people and we praise you and it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we all pray and everybody Everybody said, "Amen." We just sing that last part again. How wide, how deep? Yes, sing it out, church. How deep? Allow the love of God to wash over you today. if that is your testimony today, will you just say amen? I hope it is your experience. I hope it has been your experience and I hope that it will continue to be, especially as we move through through this season. Man, you will experience the rich and relentless love of the Messiah at work in your life. We have a special guest here today. We're just gonna he's he's come to uh give us a, a little bit of an update. We haven't seen or heard from him since um June. And uh Pastor Michael is uh here um and he took George and I on this pretty amazing trip to Ethiopia this summer and um as we're and, and, and I, you know, I came back and I shared um, some of, of what had taken place, which was just miraculous stuff. And a number of you have responded throughout the last months uh, showing quite a bit of interest in uh, what's happening in Ethiopia and, um, and, and even looking towards uh, what we might do there this coming summer. So I've just asked Michael to come and share with us a little bit uh, about the progress, and uh, maybe just a little bit of looking forward to uh, to what's to come. So can we, would you help me welcome Pastor Michael? Um, let's grab, oh, there you go, yes.
5: came it was summer and uh, this time it it is completely a different time so I I praise God for that. Uh, I just come to say thank you. Uh, Thank you for what you have done. Uh, Many of you have been so faithful to support the work that uh, the Lord asked us to do with orphans and widows in, uh, uh, in Ethiopia. And uh, without you, we should not accomplish the work that we accomplish in the summer. So I will show you a little bit. Uh, I have a very long slide, but uh, my computer and the computer that you use over here, they, they, they don't actually agree. So whatever I have in my uh, PowerPoint, uh, the computer over here don't recognize it. So we just pick uh, some of the picture uh, that actually uh, uh, will give you the idea. But the whole idea today, I just want to say thank you, uh, uh, Reverend Brian and George. They've been a blessing to me uh, when we went for the trips. And I believe many of you will join us. uh, today, I just want to ask you if you can hold the hand of somebody next to you and say, it. we will reach the heaven together. Can we do that? You see, because in heaven we will be together. Regardless of where you come from, what you do, if you believe in the name of Jesus, all of us, we will be together in heaven. Hallelujah. And that's what we are working for. That's our destination. So, the hand that you just start checking reminds us of this unity. Your hand is needed in this place. Uh, So, when you go to James chapter 1, verse 27. That's that's part of our mission statement. And that that is part of our existing, in this world, is to care for one another. And that Bible remind me from the book uh, uh, Second King chapter four, when Elijah went to this woman, who have nothing, but she have a very little oil. And, and, and her husband died. And, uh, and, and this woman, she had two sons and said, I have, no, I have nothing to eat. And the, the owner of the company wanted to take my two sons as a slave because my husband who died owed him something. And Elijah said, what do you have? She just said, I have a little bit of oil. And Elijah said, go and bring that. Go and, and collect different jar from your neighbor, and bring them to your house, close your door, and you will see what is going to happen. That reminds me this, uh, this morning when I read my Bible about we are actually representing, we are contributing different kind of jar, you see, to those widows, to those orphan children. So we are the hand that are representing that example. So see yourself as a to that widows who have nothing. But she went around collecting different imity jars. And Elijah Frey and those jars got filled with enough oil until she ran out of, of jar. So let me just go back to this. Uh, go to the next, next slide. Uh, this is our pastoral training, you see. Uh, this is one of the lady who went with us, Jenja Doll. She's in Uh, in, in, in uh She's been training pastors with uh, trauma awareness because many, many people struggle with that. Can you imagine people who've been in war for at least 21 years? You see, from 1983 all the way. So it's been a long war. So many people actually traumatized. Uh, the first day we, we, we arrived in Gambella, the church is, is full with young people, you see, waiting for us, and, uh, and it was an amazing day. So this is what we always go there to do, bringing pastors together, train them with peace and reconciliation, trauma awareness, because it is, these are the people who came from a different lifestyle. Some of them cannot even smile even though they are pastors you can see pastors closing his his mass throughout the day not even smiling you see and I believe pastors supposed to smile to his congregation too hallelujah so let's go to the next next slide uh, this is a car the small car that we use in Gambela while we were there it takes three people on the back and and I think that's all uh, and then we are looking for that because the property that we are actually uh, going to build is a little bit far away from the town, so to walk from the town to uh, to the location, it needs something like this one uh, to, to be the transport, and, and that's what we use while we are there, uh, so I, I just want to show you the car that we've been using, we call it a car, but the, the real name is called by judge uh, that's the name they use it in Ethiopia. Go to the to the next one uh, many of you donate Oops, sorry. Uh, many of you donate before we left uh, these are the clothes that we bought for 230 orphan kids and I remember when we when we start distributing uh, Pastor Brian came and said, I don't believe that we are going to have enough clothes for all these children. And he started asking Pastor, Pastor David, come on. Let's pray for the multiplication of clothes so that God can start, you see, bringing more clothes from uh, while we are there. And later on, we, we, we divide the clothes, and, and we even had some roman, r- r- remaining clothes. And I think God did something while Pastor Brian and the rest of the pastors were actually praying. So it was uh, one of the miracles. So you can see the way they look right now. You see the happiness that they have. This happened because someone did something. Because someone gave something. You see, and I think that's what, that's the question we will face when we go to heaven. God will say, what did you do? To those little ones. Those who were suffering. Those little ones of South Sudan. Pastor Michael came and spoke to you in the church. What did you do? What was your response? Hallelujah. Sometimes I, I said, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So anyway, go to the next slide. We are boys, we have girls. Uh, if this is what you do, to support your children, how would you feel? That's why we always encourage people. This year, we reached the life of 470 widows uh, through this ministry. Someone would say, how the money being supervised, how the money being given to the widows. Uh, My background educationally, I have a degree in criminal justice and uh, when it comes to accountability that's what I'm good at so I just want to make sure when we give $100 to one widows we divide them into groups where 10 widows they have a secretary and the leader so once a month they come together they pray together they check okay how is your business going so they start praying for one another, and they uh, they bring three hundred birr, that is equivalent to three or uh, three uh, three dollars, back into into the groups, and the group will decide to, to bring in another lady who who need to come into the into the uh, into the programs. So the the money are actually uh, recycling. You see, they don't stay on one, in uh, from one widows. So 100, 100 dollars that we give to one uh, widows, she actually help another widows. You see, with whatever she bring back into the groups. So I just want you to be aware, so that you may say, how how this is going to be uh, organized? What is our accountability? Sometime I have a training that I already put together for all the pastors about the accountability of leadership you see i give that training to all the pastors so that as as a leader you have to be accountable you see doing the right thing for your people and make sure that they do it right so that's what that's why this ministry is running because it is started operating since 2009 you see with the accountability that we set together with the best leadership that we, we put together. So this ministry is actually operating without corruption. Because that's what I went to school for. Hallelujah. You see? Uh, and I, I, I always point that to, to them. So this is how, that's why we went there. We said, take this one off. Here's, here is $100. We not just take it off. She, she have to come and say it. If I get a hundred dollars, I can do A, B, C, and D. We said she's the right person. She knows what to do. She can be the best businesswoman. We train them. We give them orita- or, or, or And then and that later on, uh, one of the boys called me in Kenya the other day, and she said, We've been so thankful to what after currently ministered to our mother, to our family. In 2010, you see, that boy ran to Kenya together with, 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 with his fa- uh, uh, family. But when our mom involved into this program, his mom actually started helping them. And the boy called me and said, you may not realize this. We've been part of what this minister has been doing. So it's actually touching so many people's lives. We already have 407 widows that we reach. It's another blessing. And each of them may have five, six, seven, eight children. So if you modify many the children that we help through those 407 women, who actually, whom we teach to, 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 to help their own children, how many kids, you will end up having thousands of children that we already tied their life, hallelujah so go to the next one so this is the property that the land that we that we bought for a thousand dollars uh... it is six and a half acre of land uh... we bought it for a thousand dollars and i think it would be a miracle if you can uh... buy the land six and acres of land here in uh, in, uh, in Wulan. uh it would be you may you may talk you can even go on the on the street and say, "God bless me uh, if you can get that one over here but we get it over there and we start putting the fence around it uh, that one is like seventy feet uh, on on all the four corners that's what we did, and we want to finish it the same the same way. We only need uh, uh, ten thousand dollars to to have the same fence, the same, the same one, on the place that we did not finish yet, God may tie your life and say, "I want to be part of that fence. I want to make sure that we it. When we finish finishing this, we will start building houses for orphans and widows. Uh, go to the next one. So this is the main door right now that we foot. Uh, this door is already is already there, so you can see people looking what is going on inside I uh, go to the next one. this is our plan. this is the main center that we are going to use for worship we are going to use for uh, uh, educational training we are going to use this center for so many things. it has so many doors around it you see like windows so those those, th- those one we can open them, when we are giving a training, and it costs 160,000 uh, if we build it over there, uh, we are raising funds for that, uh, for that property, because we believe it will be useful, and 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 God can change the life of so many people. Go to the next one. These are the houses that we want to put around the property, and. Those who live in those those houses, those children can go and worship in the center that I show you. You can go to the next one. That's the total of of our project. These are the money that that we need. If we get those money, we will have 250 rooms. We will have the main center being built and and I think whoever contributes, we want to make sure that if somebody said, "I want to build a one-room," we will put his name over there or his picture for the future memory, you see. And uh, and if somebody donates five hundred thousand, we can just call him, and all of us can can, can come around him and and bless him. I, th- I think that's what we can do. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So anyway, uh, I'm not going to spend the time. Pastor is going to preach. I have a lot of, li- of, of things that I list uh, but because of the time, uh, I just want to to let you know that you've been a blessing. Join us. We are hoping to go back again in 2019. You wanted to come. You can hear more after the services. You can join us. I have some envelopes that I have a flag of South Sudan they are already there we have a little bit of one of the place over there you can go and check the the flag of South Sudan and, and see what it look like and all the envelope that we have we still need your support we still need your prayer we still need you see whatever you can do to change somebody's life let join our hand together and may God bless Ooh. you yeah. pastor can can cheer us of the things
4: All right. Thank you, Pastor Michael. Yes, <clears throat> just for uh, so just for clarity, um, the hundred and sixty thousand uh, that will that will accomplish building a facility that kind of looks like this, just a big sp- big meeting space uh, for worship services, but also for the gathering, pulling the pastors together for training. Um, and then the 250,000 will accomplish building the dorm, dormitories, if that'll, that'll help. So it's sort of a phase one and a phase two. And the wall is about half built now. He didn't mention this, but there's also plans to dig a well that will supply fresh water for everybody in that community who currently has no fresh water. There's no fresh water access for the, where that structure is or even anybody that's building huts. Around that area um, so uh, that that's something that's that's in the works as well so lots of great opportunity um, uh, when we sow a dollar into this that dollar goes a very long ways over there and uh, so uh, our prayer uh, as a church we we want to come around uh, African relief ministries um, and and be a support uh, for prayer wise but also financially so I'm hoping that uh, the Lord will might speak to you, and it's going to be something that we're going to do corporately as well. We're going to figure out how we can, uh, we'll, we'll talk with the board and and figure out what we can do as a, as a church family as a whole. But maybe individually, there might be something you'd like to do, especially during this Christmas season, to to help bring provision um, for these folks over in Gambela. Uh, we want to give the opportunity for that. So I, I want to pray for us, and I want to invite our ushers to come forward for our morning uh, opportunity to give. If there's something you want to do and you want to put that in the offering plate, all, all we need for you to do is to signify on your check how much you want for, uh, for ARM. Um, you can write that in your memo line, and we can make sure and do that. Or you can just hold on, and, and then at the end of the service, Pastor Michael will be out there uh, near the fireplace area. And uh, you can just hand the check straight over to him. Jesus, we, we thank you for, for what you have already accomplished, the miracles that have already been happening, and the miracles that are going to unfold before us. You are a mountain-moving God, and I'm sure that uh, it seems overwhelming to imagine 160,000 or 250,000 or 500,000 total to show up and that kind of dollar figure for for the the folks that are in the Gambella region i mean that just seems like a, an an unreal amount of money and yet you own the cattle on a thousand hills you have all the resources at your fingertips and we thank you that you use us that you you move us you move on our hearts and our minds to partner in what you're doing in the kingdom we just open up ourselves to whatever it is that you would have us to do and personally we thank you for the how you have provided for us how we've enjoyed a a thanksgiving week how we uh enjoy having heat when we need heat and food on the table fresh air to breathe and clean water to drink things that we can so easily take for granted we pause now to thank you for those amazing blessings take what we have to offer you today use it bless it multiply it accomplish your kingdom purposes with it build your church with it we pray in christ's name Amen. I would just add that it's, it's exciting to see what's happening through Woodland Life Center. You know, when Jesus gave instructions to his disciples just before leaving earth, he said, I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, all Samaria, and to the ends of the earth and our, our goal here is to model our mission our missions work uh, 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 with that so everything that we've been doing with Zuni and we, we had uh, uh, the Miller family went to Zuni again um, we're going to get a report from, from them um, let's, let, can we do that next week Terry great so what we're doing in Zuni what we're doing uh, with Gambela uh, and even what we're doing through our meals here, Thanksgiving Day, Christmas Day, we're really trying to fulfill that, that picture um, with what we can do through Woodland Life Center. So I'm just, just so excited to see how this is all unfolding. We're just walking out the gospel, trying to make sure that everyone in the world knows that Messiah has come, that the Savior has come, and he changes us. I want to invite you to Luke chapter 3. Gospel of Luke chapter 3. Um, actually, we're, we're going to have the words on the screen because I, I, uh, I wanted you to hear this particular passage the way the message presents it normally we read out of new international version but i have it on on the screen here today f- from the message this is a story where where john the baptist is is doing his thing and uh, so it's probably a passage you know pretty well but as we read this I, I want you to hear how how it's described here through the message in in the 15th year of the rule of caesar tiberius it was while Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, ruler of Galilee, his brother Philip, ruler of Ituria and uh, Trachonitis, Lycianus, ruler of Abilene during the chief priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, John, Zacharias, and all of those names are thrown in there because it creates a historical accuracy. This is exactly when this happened. And you can go through the annals or, or you can go through historical records. You can find all these names. You can know exactly when all this was taking place. That's why he lists those names out. John Zacharias' the son, out in the desert at the time, received a message from God. He went all through the country around the Jordan River preaching a baptism of life change leading to forgiveness of sins. As described in the words of Isaiah the prophet. This sounds so great. Thunder in the desert. Prepare God's arrival. Make the roads smooth and straight. Each ditch will be filled in. Every bump will be smoothed out. The detours straightened out. All the ruts paved over. Everyone will be there to see the parade of God's salvation. When crowds of people came out, when they came out for baptism because it was the popular thing to do, John exploded. Now, um, when you look at, we're just going to pause here for a moment because I want to bring a bit of clarification. When you look at Matthew's account of this same story, we get a little bit of a a narrower focus on this. It was the popular thing, and people were coming from all over, but he didn't explode at just the crowd in general. Pharisees and teachers of the law were starting to show up on the scene, and this is what really made John angry. Because basically, because it was the cool thing to do at the time, these guys now were, were coming to check it out and possibly wanting to participate in this. So when he's exploding... He's not exploding on the general public that's coming with with good hearts. He's exploding at these guys that he calls brood of snakes. So he looks right at them. Brood of snakes. What do you think you're doing slithering down here to the river? Do you think that a little water on your snake skins is going to deflect God's judgment? It's your life. That must change, not your skin. And don't think that you can pull rank by claiming Abraham as your father. Being a child of Abraham is neither here nor there. Children of Abraham are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. God can make children from stones if he wants to. What counts is your life. Is it green and blossoming? Because if it's dead wood, it's going in the fire. The crowd then began to respond to this. So what are we supposed to do? So he begins to answer their questions very poignantly. If you have two coats, give one away. Do the same with your food. Taxmen. They came to be baptized and they said, Teacher, what should we do? He said, It's simple. No more extortion. Collect only what is required by the law. Soldiers asked him, What should we do? No more shakedowns. No more blackmailing. Be content with your portions, with your rations. The interest of the people by now was was building. They were all beginning to wonder, could this guy, John, be the Messiah? But John cut them off. He he, he, He intervened. I'm baptizing you here, down here by the river. But the main character in this drama, to whom I am a mere stagehand, I just love that, The main character of this drama, and I'm just a stagehand behind the scenes, he's going to ignite the kingdom like a fire. The Holy Spirit within you, changing you from the inside out. He's going to clean house, make a clean sweep of your lives. He'll place everything true in its proper place before God. Everything false, he'll put out with the trash to be burned Uh, there was a lot more of this words that gave strength to the people words that put heart in them the message but Herod the ruler stung by John's rebuke in the matter of Herodias his brother Philip's wife capped his long string of evil deeds with this outrage and put John in jail John shows up on the scene with these really with the well with this powerful message, and it's and it's it, it's a prophetic message. He is fulfilling prophecy. That the mountains will be made low and the valleys will be raised up and the ditches will be filled. There's, there's this leveling thing that that John is accomplishing with his work. This, this preparing the way for the Lord, preparing. For Messiah's arrival Man, and I yeah, I think about our journeys, our preparedness, the, our reality, the things that are, that are happening in our lives. And for some of us, the mountains seem enormous. Or the valleys just seem so low, high highs and low lows. It's interesting that John is the one doing this because last week, what did we do? We looked at Elijah, who has this high high and this low low and this this dramatic journey that, that um, that, that Elijah walks through. Well, John is the Elijah that was to come. You see, before Messiah could arrive, Elijah had to return. And pave the way. The Jews knew this, which is really mind-boggling to me because here they are at this scene by the river, and they're wondering to themselves, "Is this the Messiah?" But that's really the wrong question. They know that Messiah comes second. They should be looking for Elijah first. Now it's the right season. Their awareness—they're—they're on high alert. They—they—they know this is the right time. Messiah is going to be coming. So they're looking for him. But they should know that they should be looking for Elijah, the Elijah that was to come first. That's what's great about looking at John today, because he's the fulfillment of this. He was, Jesus said it with his own mouth, he was the Elijah that was to come. Here he is talking about leveling out the high highs and the low lows, bringing, bringing some kind of s- s- sustaining peace, to the chaos of life. I'm not suggesting that having Messiah in our lives, having, having the work of Jesus in our lives doesn't mean that hard times aren't going to come. Or it doesn't mean that we can't have mountaintop experiences. But I do think that the roller coaster of life, and I think we've all experienced this spiritually, where, where we can just, by the day, just be up and down, up and down, up and down, or, or whatever kind of little thing happens, or whatever kind of event where somebody just says, just the wrong thing, you know, we just go crashing down. This, this was Elijah's journey, this is what we looked at last week. That doesn't have to be our norm anymore. And when when we have the power of Messiah at work in our lives, we life life should be, there should be real stability emotionally speaking for us. We don't have to be train wrecked by the things of the world anymore. We don't have to be upended by hard times or because somebody around us made an awful decision or a set of awful decisions or, or, or even our own selves making a, a bad decision. It, it doesn't have to derail us because we have Jesus, the peace giver. He's the Prince of Peace. Is he ruling in us? Does he have the lead role in your drama? Or have you made him the stage hand? I think that's, that that's, that was probably the most dramatic words I saw in that passage. And I have to ask myself because I have a tendency to step into the lead role and I reduce Jesus to the stage hand where I, where I, I need his assistance. I need him to, you know, to make sure that everything's in place at the right time. But really, this is about me up front, out front. But John says, that, that, is not, that is not the case here. I'm the stage hand. He's the lead in this drama. This is all about Him. And I, man, I just sense the Holy Spirit saying to me, Brian, you could really learn a lot from this today. You want stability in your life? Let Jesus take the lead, let Him have the lead role. And I, and I think, okay, well, what does that look like? What does that mean? Because there's still things to be done. There's still decisions to be made. There's, um, you know, the job will continue tomorrow. Life will continue tomorrow. I'm, I'm, I'm still parenting day in and day out. Homework will have to ensue once again starting tomorrow. All, you know, the normal things of life but can there be a way where i'm functioning where jesus really is the one doing it in other words when i start to get overwhelmed by all the to-dos that's where my emotions start getting volatile right that's where that's where and, and i'll and i'll end up saying something harsh to my kids or or my wife or or whatever that, that's, where, that's where my volatility kicks in, where if, maybe if Jesus is taking the lead in this, then it's his words coming. It's not reaction anymore, okay? It's the difference between human reaction and, and responding. The reality is people around me are still going to make their mistakes. And me being human, I'm going to make my mistakes. But I'm wondering if if Jesus has got the lead role in this. Suddenly, the way I respond looks and feels a lot different. And if I'm taking the lead role, I can tell you there's going to be reaction. My, my humanness is going to kick in. John's just giving us a great... Uh, template for life Jesus is the lead in this drama I'm just the stage hand Jesus what can I do to assist you today to make my life as fruitful as it possibly can be regardless of the environment regardless of what's unfolding and regardless of how all the other actors on my little stage are doing (laughs) how can i help you make my life as fruitful as it possibly can be and how can i get out of the way so i'm not screwing it up or making it worse leveling out my high highs and my low lows so that that all the drama of life doesn't have as much of a chaos impact as it's had before and that's ultimately what these what the the fulfillment of what John is doing so that Messiah's Messiah's work shows up on the scene and he just They're ready for him. Are we really ready for Messiah's work in our lives? On this, the first Sunday of Advent, that's ultimately the question I would like for us to wrestle with this week. Are we ready? Are we ready for Messiah? And if we haven't been, what do we need to do to become ready? What do you and I need to do to reverse roles with Jesus and, uh, and allow him to take the lead in our lives? Jesus, we, we're, we're here today. We, we've come into this space today because we all believe in you. We believe in, in, in who you are. We believe in what you did. We, we believe in the reason for the season, all those clichés. We, we, that's ultimately, first and foremost, why we have even <laughs> taken the time to drive through the, the ice and, and get here. The question that we really need to wrestle with is... Are you, do you have the lead role in us, in our drama, in, 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 in the drama of our, of our lives? As, as our lives are being walked out, lived out, do you have the lead role or have we relegated you to stagehand, our little helper? Probably it's, it's explains why you said that we need to pick up our cross every day and follow you. This is probably a daily decision to give you the lead role for the day. To move you into a place of leadership for the day so that as we walk through our days, as we are checking off the to-do lists. Whether we're at work or at home or at play, whatever it is that's going on, that it's you accomplishing it through us. So that it's your word speaking through us and it's your love coming through us that you changing us from the inside out so much that that the people around us are experiencing your presence through us more of you less of me oh, that's what John said that was John's explanation to the crowd I'm not Messiah I'm not even worthy to tie his sandals he's the lead in this thing I'm just I'm just a backstage worker don't look to me thank you Jesus for John's story for his life for the example that he puts before us today, example of obedience, even even obedience unto death. And we we understand that's how John's story ends. Yet his eyes were fixed on you, the author and perfecter of his faith. And as Greg mentioned early on in the service, it was his words declaring you the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We believe in you we believe in who you are and what you have done and we make the choice today to give you real leadership in our lives lead us through this season may we see you in all of it may we honor you in all of it and may people experience your presence because of our loving relationship that we have with you May they sense you in us and through us. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we all pray. Amen. You stand with me. Oh come let. bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine on you, be gracious to you, and fill you with His peace. Have an amazing week.